Hey, it's James. And that makes two weeks in a row I've jumped in ahead of this episode. This time it's not to ask you all to subscribe, rate and review, follow us on social media, although by all means, please still do that. It means the world to us. I wanted to give you a heads up about this and the next couple of special episodes. If you don't skip those sort of Patreon, please rate and review us plugs that we put ahead of the episode. You may have heard me talking about an actual play side quest that we recorded and have been slowly releasing on the Patreon over the last couple of months. Well, that story is an adaptation of a first edition Pathfinder Society scenario that we've adapted and we've connected to our Kingmaker story through some ways. Well, you know what? I'll leave that as a secret. You're going to have to listen to find out. But what I wanted to tell you is what to expect. What we have in front of you is an edited version of the episodes we released on Patreon. The biggest thing that we're cutting away is that at the end of each of the Patreon versions of these episodes, there's anywhere from 10 to I think almost 20 minutes of sort of behind-the-show chat with some of the voices you're about to hear. Now, there's some bigger reasons we're doing this, and hopefully some of that will become clear as you listen and hear some new voices on the podcast. But before I talk your ear off for too long... I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up and just say, if you're interested in hearing the behind the scenes chat or learning a little bit more about this, or you just can't wait and want to jump ahead and hear these extra side quest episodes, please remember that you can go to patreon.com slash live to die pod. That's patreon.com slash live to die pod to get this and plenty of other exclusive content. But that's enough for me for now. So please be nice, roll dice and enjoy this week's episode of live to die. Roll dice, be nice, and stay tuned. This is the Live to Die podcast. Hi, everyone. If we've timed this correctly, you're listening to this under two circumstances. One, following some harrowing cliffhanger in the previous episode in which we were doing something that I hate and cutting away from the main action on a cliffhanger in order to go to a flashback side story. Or two, you're a Patreon supporter and you're hearing this plus some bonus content earlier. Now, as a part of this being a side story, we have some, uh, some new voices sitting around the table today. So I'd like to take this opportunity to introduce everyone to Jason and Trent. Hello. Hey guys. Nice to meet you guys. Hi, What's going on? I don't know where I am right now. <laughs> We've kidnapped you. You are in a van. We are driving quickly around a large neighborhood recording a podcast. But I, I do also want to introduce everyone else to two other friends of the podcast, folks that I've gotten a game with for years, Matt and, and Ryan. Hey, hey welcome. Uh, I'll offer both of you the same opportunity to introduce yourself. We always do. If you want to introduce yourselves and share what you'd like the whole potential internet to know about you, so you can keep it as brief or not brief as you like. Who are you and, uh, and why are you here? Oh, okay. Uh, do you want to go first, Ryan? Go first, baby brother. Okay. All right. Um, my name is Matt. Uh, I have a famous name. You can probably guess what my last name is, so I'm not going to say it. Okay. Um, somebody just recently died with the he, same name yeah. as me, which has been really mm-hmm. weird um, and interesting at the same time. Is it of, weird to like go open up Google and see stories about your name being dead? Yeah, you dead? know when you open up Twitter and it said Matthew Perry dead um, it, for like a week? Yeah. It kind of messes with your mind a little bit. Sure. Um, it sure. took me the back. I was like, oh my God, Matt did what? And I was like, oh, there's a famous <laughs> I, person. I had... The number of people, it was very sweet. The number of people that reached out to me and they're like, Hey, so I saw the news and at first I was really worried about you, but I just want to let you know that I hope you're okay and everything's fine. I was like, Oh, that's really sweet. But also 
do you think I'm that famous <laughs> yeah. to where if I died... There's a whole discourse on Twitter. There's like, yeah, there's like, <laughs> it's breaking the internet. Yeah. Like, it's really sad. Like, I, as somebody who grew up, you know, watching Friends and stuff, it was very, um, very sad. And as, you know, it's been a force over my life since I was in middle school, this guy with a famous name. And so, um, yeah, yeah, I guess that's what I want the whole internet to know is be kind to those people that share famous names with famous people. Do, is it like a monkey off your back, though, now? Now that he's dead, you almost like don't have to think about it now. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, it's weird because it went in phases throughout my life where, you know, when Friends was on through middle school, all right. through high school, I was Chandler. I never, I it wasn't my, my own name. Um, and then it, once Friends ended, mm-hmm. it kind of disappeared for a little bit. And then once streaming services started picking up Friends, it ramped back up. Oh, right. Yeah. And so for, there was a little bit in my life where it didn't happen. Then it's been happening a lot more recently. And now he's obviously passed away. Um, and so it's kind of like, it's just going to go away. And then people are just going to know me by Matthew Perry and I'll be like, Oh, like the guy from friends. So yeah. you named your character Chandler. Yes. yes. <laughs> his, uh, his name is Chandler Bing. Um, he is no a, relation. Yeah. yeah. He's Ch- a bard co- comedian. Chandler Bong. Yeah. Chandler, Chandler Bong. Bong. That's why we brought you here. The Bandler answer to that Ching. question is because maybe the Matthew Perry will get us some traction. Yeah. Like, oh, there's a, Right. Matthew Perry must have featuring, been on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we yeah. caught him right before the tragic. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 featuring Matthew Perry. Yep. What's so, your? Uh, oh, go for it. Yeah, no, I'm just gonna probably ask the same question. What do you do for a living, Matthew Perry? Oh, oh, God. Um, I'll keep this one brief. Um, so I work <laughs> in planetary science. Um, technically, my role is a senior research associate. Um, so I study Mars. I am active on. Uh, I'm a member of a science and operations team uh, for an active mission on orbiting Mars. Um, so that's what I do. That's my so ridiculously so cool. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so it's unfortunate it's not Matthew Damon instead of Matthew Perry. Yeah. Well, if, if he was Matt Damon, he'd be stranded on a planet. That's yeah, what that's, happens yeah. to Matt yeah, yeah, Damon. Yeah, yeah. He Matt would Damon. be a space pirate. A space pirate. Yeah. It's true. What's your background uh, with, with gaming and other... I mean, okay planetary science is a nerdy and awesome thing. What's yeah. your, what's your background with this sort of realm of nerdy stuff? Well, in terms of gaming, um, you know, grew up playing video games. You know, I remember getting my first Nintendo when however old I was, um, <laughs> and played get video games throughout my entire life in terms of like tabletop role-playing games. Um, it's COVID really. I have mm. Jason to thank for that. I was, you know, during COVID during the lockdowns and everything. And, um, as we were all suffering <laughs> from the, that, you know, the thing he, I believe Jason, you guys started putting a game group together and I was like, Oh, I'd like to try that out. So I think we started with the circus, extinction curse, which we played for a few, se- a few sessions and it was fun. Uh, Jason and I were acrobatic brothers <laughs> in the circus, which was pretty fun. Um, and then we started pay- playing another campaign shortly after that during COVID online. That's right, because we the jumped Slytherin. over. Yeah, we, we we worked over to the Slithering, which and, was super yeah. fun. And I was a halfling, uh, Serenrite cleric, in that <laughs> with a uh, a love of fireball um, <laughs> in all instances and circumstances, regardless of where my allies were, because uh, I could heal them. That's the good thing about being a cleric is you can do damage to your friends and then just heal them mm-hmm. right back up. He mm-hmm. would wait till my dwarf got in the room and then do it. <laughs> yeah. No, we had a pretty good like Rainbow Six thing going yeah. on where I don't <laughs> know. Someone you know, pepper sprayed. After that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where we would, you know, we knew we were in a hostile place. And so we would just open a door and I would just throw a fireball <laughs> into the room and then we would go and clear the room. It's and the it worked out. Answer. It was like well. rainbow six. Yeah. yeah. It's a classic for a reason. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, and then, then I got, then we got distracted with Delta green. Um, which oh, yeah. I know it's been talked about for a while too. 
yeah, I played a, a session of Cyberpunk. That was fun. Um, but yeah, Delta Green stole my heart. I mm. think like a lot of people at this table. Um, yeah. It's for those that haven't played it, I highly recommend it. It's a unique gaming experience. That's what I'll say. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's, and I've been loving it ever since. I absolutely love, it's a little bit overwhelming mm-hmm. um, sometimes, especially because, you know, it's been, Pathfinder's been in development for so long and there's so much background and lore and everything. And it's yeah. fun to just jump in, uh, especially with more experienced players so they can kind of hold your hand or be like, hey, you shouldn't do that right now. You should um, do this instead. And you're like, oh yeah, that is a much better idea. Well, um, I'd, so, I'd yeah. love for you to introduce us to those more experienced players sometime because I could use that help. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. And you're welcome for inviting you while it was a little self-serving, I was just like, let's get a game group together. Yeah. I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. With some people, with but I'm people glad actually, you came in. Yeah. With people uh, you like, and you know, that's the one thing that's great about gaming is, you know, you can, you meet a bunch of different people, diverse people, and you, then you realize quickly that you're all nerds mm-hmm. and then you can just, and then you nerd about, about everything. You know, everybody <laughs> has their thing that they like to nerd out about and everybody in the gaming community is pretty open to watching, you know, you start to glow and talk about the thing that you want to talk about. So like, if we want to talk about space and planetary stuff, I will, we could just change the podcast title. <laughs> Let's do it right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have so many questions. Yeah. I literally asked Matt a physics question the other day. I was like, the hot water feels hotter here in Denver. <laughs> Is there a reason why? You know, and he's my like, answer no. was, Check your water here. It's probably set up high. It's probably about to explode. Yeah. Yeah. It is physics. Turn the dob to the yeah. left. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Ryan, who are you and what do you like to nerd out about? What do I, I just, I caught myself with the back of the breath. Like James told me not to do. So let me get the air out. No. What do I like to nerd out about? Um, I'm trying to think of all the questions that Trent asked so I could kind of answer them. Uh, I'm Ryan. i um, been friends with Jason since like 2007. Six. 2006. Jeez. 2006, 2007. That was um, like two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Felt like Feels it. that way. Yeah. Um, and then we were in the Navy together, and so we were on the boat, and mm-hmm. then I left, and then D.C., and we kind of stretched out a bit, and then we kind of caught back up around 2015 when the other podcast, we kind of both got into that at the same time. Nice. And then I started gaming here, he started gaming in Connecticut, and then we've been, both been like trying to converge and try to cohabitate in the same city for a really long time. It just took us... Friggin', Where did you, know, you just move from? Yeah, I just moved from Hawaii, which Convinced was super cool. to move from Hawaii to wow. Denver. Hawaii to Denver. Wow. It was very cold. Sell you anything. It was yeah. only what three years in the making, two years in the making? At least. Yeah. At least. I gave up at least seven times. <laughs> so for sure. One time Jason was gonna move to Hawaii and then <laughs> moved to Denver instead. I mean, so I, I think I've known Jason for what, like five almost five years mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. And I think it was literally like the second time I ever talked to Jason. He's like, Well, so my buddy Ryan, and like it was just a part of like the conversational yeah. lexicon of our friendship was that like Oh, Ryan, this Ryan, that. So I finally got a chance to meet you kind of virtually during COVID when we during all started COVID, playing yeah. a couple of games. Yep. Cyberpunk Red. So the kind of the catalyst to get me here, yeah. I retired from the Navy in 2017 and then went to. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I appreciate that. He's old, everybody. Super old. <laughs> so I sound much younger than I, you know, than I am. Through, bro. I know. It's yeah. great. No, I laugh about it. It's like, wait a second. How long were you in? Too long. Um, so I went to HP and got my undergrad and ended up getting an English degree because it was just fun and it was free. And then that kind of inspired me to did a creative project for mm-hmm. my senior project as a 42-year-old guy. And then I was like, I want to keep going. So I applied to grad school here, applied to grad school there. I got in here and now we're here. So oh, I, yeah. I actually go to school. I'm getting my MF, MFA at Regis, prestigious Regis University. I work in the admissions department there and I play games here with y'all. So it's been really cool. I would bring up the fact that 
when we got out of the Navy, air quotes, together, we also went back to school together. <laughs> yeah, right? That was a huge school. thing. Yeah, like, yeah. You're going to school. I'm going to I'm school going to at the school, same yeah. time. So Yeah, it was really it was awesome. Kind of like share all those things. So it was like, people are like, who's this guy? It's like, well, Jason's my best friend. He's like, how come? I was like, because we literally have everything in common. Mm-hmm. We got out of the Navy. We were both chiefs. We got out of the Navy at the same time. We both played games. We're both into sports. Mountain we're both bikes. into mountain biking. And then, you know, now we play tabletop games. And now, you know, so to be here and to doing this is really awesome. Jessica really. is a little bit jealous of our friendship. Yeah, so is, so is, uh, <laughs> so is McCare. Doesn't make sense. No. Everyone at this table is so much smarter than me. That's not true. <laughs> I, don't know. I, don't know. That's I follow true. you on Twitter. I know Maybe that's Matt. not true. Maybe I mean, Matt. Yeah. We can, we can talk politics. We can yeah. change the podcast right now. We can yeah. just, yeah. Do Matt like the, and Trent pol- political yeah. hour. We have so many splinter podcasts coming out. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for taking a little longer than normal to, to meet these people. They're folks that I'm really stoked to get to have at the game table with you. And one of the things that I was so excited about in Kingmaker were the opportunities to tell some different types of adventures, go off of just the main AP track and start building sort of a, a live to die expanded podcast universe a little bit. And a part of what I wanted to do with that was start expanding the voices that all of you get to hear. So Hopefully, these are the first of many guests that will show up on these side stories. I know I've mentioned it before that we're even looking at how can we add in an additional player seat to maybe have some guests coming in out of the main story, especially once a very certain kingdom gets set up and the whole environment starts changing. Spoilers. Jeez, yeah. Yeah, no, we're going to have to like try to avoid giving you guys, you listeners of the podcast, spoilers. I get spoilers every time Jason gets on recording. I can't <laughs> handle it sometimes. Yeah. I come home and I'm like, dude. I can't I have to tell you what happened. Well, so let's talk then about timelines. Let's get into the meta narrative of this story. So this would be taking place for all of you who listen or are on the podcast. This is taking place probably right as the main party is setting out from Southern Brevoy. Um, so we're looking at... I think the very end of the February analog, like the very last days of the February analog, the very beginning of uh, Farast, the Farch, Farazman March. Farch. Kalistri is the, is the is February. Perfect. So we're looking at the very end of Kalistri. Jesus. You know what? I, yeah, fuck. that deserves a... Yeah. Look at you. Let's give a, let's give a patch. I, I, should, I guess I should also clarify for our own sake that... We will uh, silo patches. So, Jason, you do not get to carry this patch to normal recording. This patch is for this character. Boo. Yeah, it seems unfair, <laughs> but all right. <laughs> um, so we're parallel with the party at the end of Farch. At the beginning of Farch. The beginning at the end of Farch, okay. The Ides of Farch. Okay, parallel with party at Ides of Farch. Beware the Ides of Farch. It's a party. It's a big club. New York's famous club. The Ides of Farch. It has everything. It has Calistria, everything. Chains. Yeah. <laughs> a second storyline going on in a different part of the Stolen Lands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and actually, I should say this. We're not going to be in the Stolen Lands proper. We're going to be in the River Kingdoms, which is a pretty large area in the region that Paizo has sort of dubbed the broken lands. And I just want to touch on this. We've touched on the main campaign, but keep in mind the sort of key traits of the broken lands is that they are defined by both scarcity or by difficulty of, of making a life there. There's a lot of different ways that's true. If you're up in uh, Numeria, Numeria is what's left of a weird desert sort of wasted blasted land upon which starships have fallen and crashed and alien artificial technology, artificial intelligence have all sort of taken hold there I'll be honest, parts of Numeria remind me a lot of, for those who are familiar with the book Roadside Picnic or the Russian film Stalker, it kind of has that vibe of like weird anomalies 
of the trash of the rest of the universe that to them is a throwaway, but to us is, is life-changing in what it could be. And then, of course, you go east of there, and you have Brevoy. Brevoy is a land that used to be two separate nations united under a, a strong ruler, but the lineage of that ruler has since sort of waned, or maybe even is missing, and what's left of the northern and southern houses are beginning to potentially war with each other. Think sort of Game of thrones in a way. And then the River Kingdoms, the River Kingdoms are something else. The River Kingdoms are a collection of city-states um, that have a loose agreement to enforce a handful of rules among them. These rules are called the River Freedoms, and there are six of them. Say what you will, I live free, Oath Oathbreakers die, walk any road, float any river, Courts are for kings, slavery is an abomination, and you have what you hold. So These, this is New Hampshire? Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Live free or die. <laughs> yeah, live free or die. And it's, it's kind of an interesting place. It's, it's a rough place to live. It's a very dangerous place to live, but it's become a haven. Now, if we're looking at the canonical timeline where we're having this take place, um, slavery has been abolished everywhere, uh, the, the, legally abolished everywhere. There's still some holdouts of horrible places and horrible people. But Paizo has largely said like, hey, we just don't want to do plot lines involving that anymore. We don't need to put that real life horrible shit in a fake fantasy game. Um, before that was in place, it was a haven. So people from around the world who could would escape to this land of interlocking weird freedoms. Mm. Now, it's worth noting that these river freedoms were established at this first council, this uh, River Kingdoms Council, right? I forget the exact name, doesn't matter. It was pushed ahead, though, by the largest and most powerful city in the River Kingdoms, and that's Daggermark. And that's where our adventure is going to start today. It's the, it's the closest thing the River Kingdoms have to any sort of stability. And it's due mostly to the fact that Daggermark has an extremely large standing army and two very powerful guilds, the Assassin's Guild and the Poisoner's Guild. And they hold considerable sway in this pretty unruly city-state. Once again, still the most stable of all of the chaotic city-states that exist in the River Kingdoms. It's a little bit of flavor. It should be worth noting here that any citizen... Any resident of Daggermark can hire a student assassin once per year at a reasonable rate. It's like a socialized killing. It's like going to the dentist, but going to like the trainer dentist when yeah. you don't have insurance. <laughs> yeah, or like when you go to like a, um, you're getting your hair cut by someone who's in school for that and it's a little cheaper. Mm. They have that. Oh my God. <laughs> so once per year, any citizen can hire a student assassin at a reasonable price. Now, I will say their incentive for military enrollment in Daggermark is not the offers of, you know, government-assisted education or whatever other uh, baggage all of you got to pick up in your time. <laughs> in Daggermark, if you or your immediate family are a member of the military, the Assassins and Poisoners Guild are never allowed to take contracts on you or your family. Hmm, that's a benefit. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I might take that benefit. Yeah, yeah, that's there's, that's seems, quite an incentive. Seems better than free college. Like, <laughs> hey, free college goes a long way. <laughs> I think Galarian especially, like, yeah. don't die or go to college. I'll pay, mm -hmm. don't die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Your fantasy places are notoriously dangerous around every corner, and to have a have a promise that at least these two groups won't try to kill you, that's pretty that's pretty good. There, there is some nice, there's some high, there are some good qualities to that for sure. If you make it to 30, 
they'll kill someone for you for free in the first 10 years you're out. <laughs> yep. As long as you have 25% disability. <laughs> Can you do uh, voc rehab and... This limb being gone is not yeah. service related. Yeah. Go voc rehab and get out of the military and get retrained as an assassin. That's or how you get your free archetype. Yeah. That's the voc rehab. Yeah. Voc rehab. <laughs> it's like, it, what's the criminally criminally easy to apply for the program to? Yeah, yeah. I guess we yeah. should probably say that there are three... Previous members of the Former, military yeah. at this table yeah. of yeah. five. Yep. Uh, Two of so. which that are using the voc rehab, rehab to go yeah. back to school. <laughs> I'm going to school for free. Like, I, I wouldn't go yeah, otherwise. No. Yeah. I mean, I got my whole, I got three, my whole bachelor's and one year of my master's paid for by the GI Bill. Yeah. So, Hell yeah. As you should. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, we appreciate that. So let's let's move now to Daggermark. And I always try to, to lift the curtain a little bit because however much I'm really happy people enjoy the experience of listening to the podcast, I, I want to try to set a good example for anyone who wants to play something like this or run something like this. So what I'll say is I, I, know, I know a little bit about your characters and a couple of you know some stuff about each other's characters because you've coordinated it. But really all I've given, what I've given all of you is basically a prompt that for one reason or another, you're in Daggermark and you have some sort of relationship with, a history with, or a need that in some way might be met by a retired captain by the name of Istvil Bosk. So what I'd like to do to that end is let's let's go around the table a little, little bit and only share as much as you narratively want to about your character. Let's just hear um, kind of what would be known about your character to anyone who is sort of aware of them or heard their name casually, uh, quickly. And let's hear a little bit about like what their relationship to Bosk is. It can be as simple as I need something from them and maybe you're gonna, you're gonna hide something else. It can be I worked with them or I, I served with them. And let's also hear how long you've been in Dagger, Mark. Um, Jason, I'm going to start with you, because you're one of my, uh, my go-to players that I know pretty well, and I don't mind putting you on the spot. <laughs> Why, thank you. Who are you playing, and what's their relationship to the captain, and what's their deal with Dagger, Mark? I first want to say that when James told us to get ready for this game, we asked him what movie we should watch, and he said seven. So all the listeners, I want you to carry that with you, like I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. I also mm-hmm. said the nice guys and hot fuzz. It's, yeah, it was, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Buddy cop movies. Yeah. I mean, those so, are all uh, the same. Yeah, they're all yeah, exactly, they're, they're just exactly buddy cop same. movies. Yeah, <laughs> buddy cop movies. Yeah. My character, his name is Bartabus, and Bartabus is a big hearty fellow. He's about 6'5". Big cape. Nice armor, but it's all like seawater has gotten on it, and it's hard to get it shiny again. I love it. Um, His relationship to the captain is that this captain helped him with his freedom in a moment when the pirate ship was being captured. Oh, okay. And that's part of the reason why Bartabus is a pirate in Daggermark in the first place. A landlocked he's city. He's not really allowed to pirate anymore. Sure. How long have you been in Daggermark? Uh, three years. All right. What have you been doing in Daggermark? Just, just trying to find work. Just a little of this, little of that? Really hard around here right now. <laughs> Economy is a bit shit. <laughs> All right. I know I already gave you one, but you've introduced a new character, so... Yeah. Have a patch. Yeah. Inflation going on over here in the patch <laughs> economy. <laughs> Just means I can throw more stuff at you and not feel as bad. Yep. Somebody here is the top 1%. <laughs> well. <laughs> All right. Uh, Matt, who are who are you playing? All right. I'm going to try something I've never done before, and I'm going to oh, try God. a voice. Yes. Ooh, um, go for so, it. Um, so I'm playing Alistair. Ooh. Um, he is in 
Dagamok for a very particular reason. He's mm-hmm. looking for someone. He has no ties to this Istabel. Istabel. Captain Bosk. Captain Bosk. Uh, but he has been in Dagamok now for a couple months looking Ooh. for uh, a certain someone from his life past. Um, and so, yeah, he's a charming gentleman. Um, usually gets his way. Uh, is good looking, soft on the eyes. Um, yeah, and that's about how I will reveal about him at this point. He's a hottie. He's a hottie with a body. But how said long he was is... hot. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's also really hot too. So for the listeners, <laughs> curious. Yeah, um, some real ear, some real ear candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's not quite as uh, built as uh, Mister Bodipus, but uh, he's he's tall and slender, um, and carries himself very well. He's wiry. How long have you been in Dagamark? <laughs> uh, just a couple months. And how do you know Captain Bosk again? Captain Bosk, I have no relation oh, with right. Captain Bosk. I came to Dagamark to find someone. Got it. So that's um, my hook in for you. And Jason GP's passed this down to Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he took a tax, and the tax was an entire <laughs> patch. There you go. Oh, I like Hashtag. this. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trent, are you doing Ra- Ryan, do you want to do yours? Yeah, maybe sure, you should jump sure, yeah. for Ryan. Um, I'm playing Holman, who's also, I'd say, probably 10 years ago, traveled through Daggermark looking for work. I'm mm-hmm. um, trying to get away. I actually met Barnabas here, yeah, oh. seven to 10 years ago. And then that's how I kind of got into sailing. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a job that I ever intended to do. It was just kind of like a way to get away for a little while. And... Um, in the midst of the last 10 years of trying to stay away from, you know, family stuff and whatever you just didn't want to be involved with. Sure. Um, I couldn't find anywhere farther away than staying at sea. So I just stayed yeah. in there. And then the last few years, there was a, to answer your question, like, how do I know? Um, what was his name? Captain so-and-so? Captain Bosk. Captain Bosk. Um, Captain Bosk, um, our ship actually got captured by the Andorran Navy. Mm-hmm. And Captain Bosk was kind of like the consigliere that brokered the deal that Mm. saved the crew in exchange for the captain, our captain. And so um, several years ago when that happened, um, because Barnabas and I had kind of found each other and found work here, we're like, well, let's go back to Daggermark, see what's up. It's nowhere else. It's a a place where it's hard for people to find Mm -hmm. you and mess Mm -hmm. with you, unless Mm -hmm. they are also in Daggermark. Yeah. So Holman... um, is actually the the boatswain on the ship, so she holds a pretty a, a highish position on the ship as far as it goes. Um, she's in charge of some things. Um, she has very nice sailing clothes on. Quick pause as yeah. a landlubber here. What the fuck is a boatswain? The boatswain is the person <laughs> the who, on a wooden ship, is in charge of the sails and all the rigging and oh, everything. Shit. Yeah, so, that sounds important. Yeah, so um, she's the one that's like barking orders, hoist here, hoist there, about there, and yada yada. I don't actually know anything, even though I spent twenty years in the navy. The sails just a big piece of metal. So <laughs> you were on you know, a submarine. I was on a yeah. submarine. It's different. So <laughs> if you had sails down yeah, there, it'd be yeah. a bad place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, wave sails. Yeah. So I wear like a purple and gray um, like trench coat that looks like uh, some custom style maybe she got it from a a different sailing Mm -hmm. ship and then adjusted it to fit um, the colors that the captain flew for our former ship yeah Bartibus is the sailing master Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what is the sailing master and what Holman I'm the navigator okay I do the maps and the weather and all that thank you 
I love that voice already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And last but certainly not least, Trent, uh, who are you bringing to the table today? So I'm, today and what I'm voice are you to bringing the to the table? <laughs> today I have prepared for you uh, mm-hmm. Lady Leticia, uh, who kind of has like a Julianne Moore sort of look. Okay. Um, redhead, um, thin, uh, just wearing normal clothing. Okay. Um, she... I, I imagine her sort of walking into Daggermark, maybe taking some rings off, mm-hmm. um, putting away a cloak and a bag before carrying into the city. Kind of getting nondescripty. Yeah. Um, Trying not to get jacked. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, and she... She knows Bosk from way back in the day. Yeah, he, he's been many different things over the years, but he served as... Well, it was one of the many different knightly orders that has now been sort of, at one point, was a sort of subsumed into the Knights of Last Wall. But he's been, obviously at this point, some consigliere work, sort of brokering some deals. For those of you who don't know, uh, if I understand correctly, the consigliere is, is sort of, in the military, like in the medieval Mis- history, is like sort of a an owner's representative when working with mercenaries. It's like, the, you're like, I don't know how to work with mercenaries, so I'm going to hire you to represent my interest working with military folk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, popularized by Italian families in the, like, was it 1300s, mm-hmm. 1400s? Yeah. So, I believe it. <laughs> she's definitely... Shout out to the Godfather. Yep. She has come Billy to the Crystal. city um, looking for Bosk, and I, I think is probably on edge looking around here until she finds him... Um, at, at which time she will be very relieved. There's a patch for Superb. you. Superb. All right, so I'm going to ask for a little bit of improv from all of you. I'm going to pick, I'm going to give all of you a little bit of instructions, and then I think we're going to follow Trent at the beginning of the scene, and I'm going to ask all of you to kind of inter- bring yourself into the scene when it feels appropriate for your character. So I think given what you've shared, uh, you're looking for Bosk, you're going to ask around, we're going to follow you. Um... For Jason, which would be Bartibus, and Ryan, which would be Holman. I'm working on getting the names still. I have them all. All of you, thank you for writing them down on index cards in front of me. Both of you uh, got word from uh, like a runner or a message or some sort of message was sent to both of you from Captain Bosk saying, I've got a favor I need. There's um, some stuff's gone sideways and one of my associates needs to get out of town and I don't trust anyone I don't know to get that work done for me. I'm calling in the favor. Um, And so both of you kind of get that note and that message that he has someone he needs to get out of town and he can't do it himself so he's going to ask both of you to come in and help him with that. And it is is the debt, whatever debt you owe, whatever pass you have, this is what he's calling in it for. Go now. Um, in general, you, you've gotten that sometime today. We'll bring you okay. into the scene. And then, Matt, for, uh, for you, for Alistar, you, what you're looking for, you've heard around, uh, you've heard around town that this Captain Bosk might know. Might be that, the best way. This retired captain is one of those people who, like, despite being retired, everyone still calls them by their, their rank. You've heard that's going to be your best <laughs> in. Now, I'll, so those of you who are in town... You generally know where he can be found. For those of you who are new, you may have to ask around. But let's let's start with uh, Letitia. Yeah, you're in town, and you'll need to basically gather some information. How do you think she'd go about trying to ask after him? I imagine the first thing she does is sort of like go toward a tavern, 
and she's probably trying to get the attention of like the barkeep, you know? She's like, uh, excuse me, excuse me, uh, hello, hello, I'm trying to get some attention here. Um, yeah, there's a, a, a bigger burly leshy behind the bar that's just like weirdly <clears throat> secreting things into like parts of the bruise. Very strange. Um, uh, I'm looking for a Captain Bosk. Oh, oh, don't know what. Ca- oh, right, that fucker. Yeah, runs a different in not quite as good as this one. Over uh, in town, the uh, the mug and the rat. The oh, disgusting. Uh, can can you point right. my, point me that way? One of the mini like fungal like phalanges sort of like lifts up and points generally in a like sort of westward direction from where you've come into the city. Uh, okay, it's that way. A few blocks. Uh, thank look for you. The, look for the cesspool. Uh, yes, thank you. And she kind of slips him a copper. And it like you, you, it's hard to read a leshy's facial expression sometimes. Sure. It reacts some way to that. Yeah. And she'll kind of just head that way. All right. I hear he's a fun guy, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Boo. No, you know what? You gotta put it out there. <laughs> yes. Can <laughs> <laughs> please pass that down to Matt? Thank you very oh, much. Oh, man. All right. So you start working your way there, and, and sure enough, you're... She's, like, clutching all of her things to her as she's walking through these streets. And keep in mind, like, you have to imagine that safety in Daggermark is a weird place. So the river, the river kingdoms, the river freedoms are in place. And so the biggest one that you would probably know that's in place is you have what you hold. Which means whatever anyone has. It, so it's robbery is actually considered somewhat okay under right. the river freedoms, but theft is not because it's taking from someone unaware. If someone knows that you've taken it from them, well, then they have the chance to fight you back for it. It's totally fair. It's a weird place. It's sort of like mutually assured destruction for the sake of communal societal safety. Hmm. It, it, it works up until it doesn't. And it's only held in place by the fact that there's always a bigger fish. And in Daggermark, that's the Assassins and Poisoners Guild. Opposite the governmentally agreed uh, protected military. You are able to work your way over to the mug and rat as rain is starting to come down. It's cold this time of year, so it's almost sleeting at times. It's sort of hitting the ground. Coming in. And manage to work your way over. You see the sign out front for the mug and the rat, or the rat and the mug. The mug and the rat. I do think as the as the sleet is coming through, it's sort sure, of sure. starting to distort the clothing she's wearing a little mm-hmm. bit in strange ways. Uh, you're maybe starting to see glints of silver or chain underneath Ooh. And before she walks in the door and then it all goes back to normal clothing. Interesting. And it's 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 kind of as you get inside that you are able to start hearing the steady patter of sleet now just <laughs> ringing against the windows of this place. And it's it's breaking up an otherwise pretty eerie silence in this inn. Um... Where's everyone else at this point? Where do you think your character is coming to play here? So I think that it, you might be seeing like the, the it's starting to rain, it's sleeting, it looks crappy. And mm-hmm. as Letitia walks by, maybe the camera focuses on a character sitting down out of the rain, but sitting down, maybe smoking a pipe. Sure. Reading a message. Oh, back there in the corner, they call him Strider. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's just like, <sighs> and he gets up. 
and walks to another part, walks up to Holman's character, who's sitting not far away, and he's like... Top hat. Yeah. Nice top hat. Looking sweet. And he's like, "Mm, Boots. I believe we have uh, some work to do, but it's... It's for Bosk, and I'm not sure. uh, Did you say work, though? It is work. This is good news. Let's just... And she starts, patting, she starts patting around. She's like digging in a pocket. She like pulls the pocket out, like pulls them inside out. He's like, do you know what this is? No. That's my last silver piece. And if we got work to do, that means I can start drinking tonight. Aye. Sounds good. I got wait, wait, silver. Wait, wait. You said it was for Bosk? It was for Bosk. So let's take it. Yeah, fuck it. Let's go. Take it slowly. You never know when we're part of this deal. Yeah, but the last deal didn't work out. Well, I guess. And she's like, man. She looks at her silver. No, let's go. All right. And he, like, flips up the hood on his his cape and meanders his way past a horse. He watches some <laughs> tiny men getting pints of I beer. see that horse. And walks into the, what, what is it, the rat? The, 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 the rat. rat. I, I got to say, I realize that you meant boat as, like, shorthand for boats, but it what, boat 100% was just like you walked up to someone and said the noun. Oh, no. I was sure it's short for boats. Boats, boats. boats, boats. Master uh, Holman, too. Master Holman. How about, just, how about those boats? I just love the idea of walking up to someone and being like, newspapers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alphabet. <laughs> Seltzer water. <laughs> Matt, uh, what do you think uh, Alistair's uh, I imagine coming into? I imagine he's already in the in, oh, in the, the, the mug, mug and the, the rat. rat. Sorry, I'm never gonna. That's it's all good. All I can picture, you know the you know how the little signs outside. Mm-hmm. I imagine a mug mm-hmm. with just a fucking rat. It's probably up. exactly what it yeah. is. Yeah. Drinking the mug. another mug with another rat, and on oh, and on and yeah. on. Very cat in the hat sort of way. Yeah, <laughs> and just keeps going. Yeah. Exactly. They what extend, they extend the, st- the sign up the side of the building and onto the next one to keep yep. it getting smaller. Yes. Every year it's open, they add another 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 <laughs> rat. <laughs> just keeps going, going, going. Um, it's actually the cause of the world wound. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I imagine Alistair's already in sure. uh, the inn, sitting at the bar. Okay. Kind of, um, kind of catty-cornered a little bit so that he can be kind of center of attention because he really enjoys that but also so he can keep an eye on the door because um, through his I would, I would have guessed through his abilities he would know that this is where Bosch Bosk Bosk is, uh, is located mm-hmm. um, and as he takes a sip of his drink mm-hmm. and he sees somebody walk into the bar <gasps> and it's right at this time when you see those two walk into the bar Letitia's already here yes that- Whatever. Um, oh, go for I was it. Say, I will send Holman a message as she walks into the bar. And all I will say is, there you are. Oh. And I'll freeze and like stop and like look around. Do I see him? I think it's I think it's right in that freeze when you receive I'm guessing the spell message, not you're like mm-hmm. I've first I first class posted it. <laughs> yes, runner. it's a it's a level one cantrip. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Right when that cantrip hits is when a back door from the bar opens and all of you around the room see retired Captain Isteville Bosk come out of an office from the back room. He, this human, is accompanied, though, by a dwarf in an old but still maintained in current military uniform. The dwarf... What's that? Stolen Valor. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, it looks active duty. Uh, but the dwarf pulls a flask from his coat pocket, fills two small glasses with vodka. And those of you who are close enough, I'll say you can determine if you are one of those groups. You can just make out the dwarf saying, I've already made excuses to my superiors. I'll check in myself every few hours to make sure the safe house is still secure. Rumbles hands one glass over to the captain. You focus on hammering out your friend's escape route. Boss will realize I'm already working on it. The bay both raise their glass and a toast. And then, then may we take this story to our graves and drag our heels the whole way there. And they each throw back the drink. The dwarf sets his glass on the table, grabs a pretty thick wool coat that you'd seen laying over a part of the bar a little farther away from where you are, Alistair, puts it on, kind of walks right past both Bartibus and Holman, sort of nods at both of you before looking at but this guy with that like, well, gonna get fucking wet anyway, and then just steps out into the sleet. <sighs> and, uh... Bosk. You haven't changed a bit. And you see him look over. Letitia. Ugh. I haven't seen you. What's it been? Like... 20, 30 years? God, you haven't aged a day. He pauses just long enough. (laughs) (laughs) You're too kind. I need a favor, though. I'm... Look. I'm, I'm sure you might... You'll have to excuse the brevity. That was that was Brander Clovish, a sergeant here in Dagamark's infantry. He's um he's actually taking a big risk to help me out of a dire situation. Perhaps it's something that you can as well. What is it you need? Perhaps we can discuss it in, in fewer people around. And he looks around, and literally the only other people in the bar are these three other people. I could talk quiet. I'm I'm sure. Um. Just pull the chair out, sits down. (laughs) (laughs) Dragging your heels very slowly the whole way. Sits down. What is it, Letitia? I'm afraid I need help finding someone. Funny, I need help getting rid of someone. Oh? Yes, uh, an old associate of mine. Um, Timic. He's in a bad way. He's been gathering information, intel, all sorts about going-ons in the area, but that's beside the point. What, what, what do you need? Hmm. Um, I'm in a bit of a strait. Uh, my husband. Things haven't gone well. And... Sure. I need to find someone desperately. Well, look, if you need to find someone, the best man I know for it is the same man I need out of town. Maybe we can help each other out. He sort of looks at the lightning over his shoulder, sees the other three people in the room. Oh, this is actually excellent timing. Uh, Barnabas or Holman? Uh, pull chairs. Barnabas stays in the chairs. Then. <laughs> like, back against the bar, like, hand in, hand in my jacket. I, like, scoot maybe six inches up. There's still like 15 feet across. He's like, no, Willie, I do need to talk to you. And he sort of looks up. His eyes kind of linger on you for a second, Alistair, but he sort of shrugs it off. Yeah, I'll send another message to Holman and just say, just act natural. And at one point, just come introduce yourself. Why is that pretty boy looking at you like that? (laughs) 
And I just reach out and put my silver piece on the bar. And then oh. tap the bar three times. Bosses are like, fine, we can do it over at the fucking bar. Uh, wrong voice. Bosses are like, well, if we can do it over at the bar, then. Gets up, uh, Letitia, if you'll, I guess, join us on a stool. That kind of gets up, looks over to Bardavis, and Holman looks over to Alistair. Is he with you? Not exactly. We're burning him anyways. <laughs> For the sake of this narrative, I suppose I'm going to trust you now. <laughs> He's got good charisma, I'll bring him. <laughs> and look over. I've, I have the ability to judge if when someone's a player character or, or an NPC. Oh, Are you interested in earning a coin? Uh, I could it's definitely too well rounded. some coin for sure. Yeah, yeah, I can do some coin. His character sheet's been combed over by the, the two of us, so he must be in, involved. <laughs> I was like, look, an old, an old battle brother of mine, a gnome by the name of Timic, he's been exploring and surveying part of the sewer complexes here beneath Daggermark. I... Made sure to pull some strings and grease some palms that I know, clear his activities with every official possible so we wouldn't draw unwanted attention from the Assassins or Poisoner's Guild who really run most of the city here behind the scenes. And to my knowledge, we've stayed in the good graces of the guilds, but somehow uh, Timic's mission ran afoul. <coughs> and he... He starts, like, coughing <coughs> mid-sentence. <laughs> he's Bust. gasping for air, clutching at his chest, and as he's pouring a drink for, for you, Bartibus, he, he drops in this glass, this glass with vodka, and it just shatters on the ground. <laughs> and it's not even just a moment or two behind the glass that he just, boom, collapses to the ground. Fuck. This was... He's the one with the job. I... He was. That dwarf. We have to find him. What kind of loot has he got on his body? <laughs> <laughs> is he already dead? Or is he just incapacitated at well, the moment? Is here's he really what I'd like to say. We're actually, we're going to move this. So this is, this is based off of a first edition Pathfinder Society scenario. And one of the things that I do like that the Society scenarios do really well is that they have a lot of opportunities for encounters and challenges that are not explicitly combat. Mm -hmm. But what I'd like to do is I'd like us to enter encounter mode. So we're going to roll initiative because uh, whatever's what? happening to this person is happening oh. quickly. Oh, crap. Yeah, it could be anything, right? So uh, I just paused for a second to look behind the GM screen because I was like, oh, I actually forgot to have everyone write their character names down on the, uh, on the dry erase stuff. So you all can roll initiative with perception or if you feel you have a more relevant skill or lore I'll, I'm open to hearing that but otherwise perception is probably best may um, I roll deception to see if I can see if he's faking it or not that was the, the perception would still be it now okay. there are examples in which you can start a combat with deception as initiative but I would highly recommend that as like playing casually like while you prepare to attack okay. that's a great example of starting an encounter with deception when you are pretending to be otherwise than you are okay. or are going to act but otherwise what, what do we get for perception initiatives 13 nice 11 12 okay. 11 as well Oh, wow, Damn. we're so good. Look at it. we're jiving mm -hmm. so all at the same time. All at the same. Let's yeah. start right now, then, with um, <laughs> as the wizard rolled higher than the rest of you. I rolled a four. Oh, Don't a little look. We know you're playing a wizard. Oh, Hi. oh, 
a I'm big sorry, burly wizard. wizard. A big burly wizard. No beard. Just the chops. <laughs> I rolled pretty low. All right. Yeah, I rolled a seven. So let's um. Nine. Let's start with so. We're gonna start this right as the captain hits the ground. Now I'm not saying that he's conscious or unconscious. You don't know any of that shit. You just know that the captain has bam hit the ground right behind that glass of of what was vodka and is now just floor juice. That's the spinoff act. Yeah, I was <laughs> <say>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Bartabus, you get to act first. What do you want to do? Bartabus Fireball. is. I'm worried a little bit less about action economy. This yeah. is a little bit more about just like pacing and tempo. Mm-hmm. Does anyone here? A doctor. Uh, I have some ability to heal, yes. Aye. And I have an anti-venom. Maybe we should check on this guy. He owes us some money. Uh, oh. It's the only Welcome reason to you want to... Welcome to Dagomark. I mean, he's a person, but... Okay. Whatever, Leticia. How if that you... even is your real name. How do you know my name? He said it. Oh. <laughs> it's true, I... There was only three I, of us... I, I, I didn't did say that! That was only... <laughs> There's only like four of us in the bar. The acoustics in here are really good. Fair. Your name tag says, hi, my name is Letitia. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little wet, though. I think the marker got smudged. Yes. All right. So it's still your turn, though, Jason. What do you want to do? You're going to delay? Wow. Simply because Bartabus is looking at this guy dying and is like, is it going? Isn't anyone going to do anything? I don't know what to do. (laughs) I just look at the maps. All right. So then we'll move down to uh, Letitia. What do you want to do on your turn? Want to go over to him and um, can I perception like see what? Oh, one hundred percent. This is going to be a secret check. Okay. Can I actually? Can I medicine check? Um, sure, sure. Okay. Uh, plus. What's your bonus? Uh, plus four. Okay. Um choking on something, having trouble breathing. As you get a little closer, there is like an odd smell or color to the stuff in his mouth. So you... It's fucking poisoned. You don't know that it's that it's poison. Um, Can when I, you say that, yeah, I hand you the antivenom and that's what I do with my my turn is like, pull the antivenom out, try giving him this. If you say it's poison, it might help. Now, I'm going to yeah. say you can do one more thing. You can try to just do more mechanical stuff to, like, keep his airways open and keep him conscious or talk to him, or you can try to administer the anti-venom. Yeah, I would try to administer the venom. Give him a trachea. I mean, it definitely seems to her like he's been poisoned. That's that's your gut. All right, so you're going to administer uh, an anti-venom. Now, an anti-venom is a potion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're going to to pour this down his throat. <laughs> no, there's almost something stuck in my throat. Plug his nose, he'll swallow it. I'm going to make him, like, suffocate. But yes. So you pour it down, and like for a second, it opens up, and he's able to breathe just for a second. He's like, oh, oh, thank you. And then his face goes purple. His eyes go wide. And you see, like, his chest start to expand as this like foam, this purple foam starts coming out of his mouth and nose and you can see right at the tear ducts at his eyes as it just expands and solidifies, like almost holding his whole body and his eyes, this bloodshot sort what of phase out. What the fuck did you out. give me? Well, that's just awful. I believe that was a waste of an anti-venom. <laughs> Make sure you take that off your character sheet. My idea that was depressing. Are you sure that was an anti-venom and not a more venom? That's, that's what the label said. Pro when you go venom. back to the recording, you'll hear him say, I'm going to give him the venom. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jason's so flabbergasted he's throwing <laughs> microphones around the room. Well, what I'm going to say is uh, I'm going to let you come out of encounter time now. Jesus. Okay. So is he dead? Oh, yeah. He's like super dead. Does he have any money in his pocket? Can I, um, can I interject real quick? Yeah. And grab that glass that he was holding? Sure. Um, so I have an ability. Ooh. Um, called Read Psychometric Resonance. Oh, shit. Whoa. Mm-hmm. There's a room for that. And with a touch, I can read the psychic impression left on objects by their previous owners. Interesting. And so mm-hmm. I would like to see if I could get the psychometric impression of the little dwarf who handed him the glass. For the Star Wars fans out there, you've seen this happen before. Mm. Yes, Cal Kestis has it in the video game Fallen Order, and then Ahsoka, Ahsoka. obviously yeah, say, somehow Ahsoka. picked that up. Out of nowhere, she all of a sudden has That's the not true, and we'll have another podcast about why she has it later. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but yes, so he picks up the glass, okay. and... Um, now, do you have to make a check, or is that just a, a thing that happens? It does not say. It says requirements, your bare hands are touching an object, which you detected, with which you detected psychometric residence. Effect, cool. you spend one minute concentrating on the object to get a vision of the face Perfect. of the person who imbued the item with such emotion in the first place. If the associated emotion mm. is painfully negative, I might take 1d6 psychic damage as determined by the GM. Oh, that's cool. So here's what I'm going to say then. For the next minute, you're focusing on this. That's going to give everyone else some time. We're going to loop okay, back to you. No, I love that. God. I mean, I say it a lot. I fucking love Pathfinder. And this is one of those reasons because it's really cool to see a rule like that. And I'm sitting here like, all right, now I'm, we're going to see what happens next. What are the rest of you doing in this moment while this person who's like, it could be anyone's probably just, it's probably a villain. You probably kill Alistair. Um, I'd like to say you try. Do you think he's going to lick that or what? <laughs> I'm just sitting there. I'm sitting there. I squeezed. Yeah. <laughs> my oh. monocle and my high. I can just see, like, from a camera perspective, it's, like, you know, really close on him, and he hears us talking, and it's just like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I imagine I'm just, like, I walked over, I picked up the glass, and I'm kind of just rolling it around in my hand a little bit, concentrating. I am going to search his body, yes, for gold, but for clues as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Smart. Wow. Wow. I take a lantern that's hanging on my belt, and I set it on the bar, and I turn it on. Okay, so... Looking, um, kind of checking his his body out. Um, got some options here. Do you just want to do a general perception, John? Yeah. Okay. What's your bonus? It's going to be a secret check um, for obvious reasons. For perception. Can I do thievery as I'm sticking digging through his pockets? Because um, I kind of want to pocket any coins that are in there. I mean, you could do that secretly, but I think you'd need to find them first. Okay. So that's, that's probably fine. perception. Okay. Which so. I see you've written for me as a plus four. Yes. Thank you for that. Take a plus one of that for the lantern. That's plus five, my oh, friend. Oh, you have an interesting lantern. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, shit. Do, do tell. Anybody in the oh, light no. plus one to perception checks or recall knowledge. Oh, oh that's uh, going to be fucking that's huge. Cool. Huge. 20 foot uh, bright light, 20, uh, 20 foot dim. Okay. So... What I'll say is, you're able to look. Um, he's obviously dead. And hmm, I'm going to roll this over. Uh, do you have, are you trained in medicine? No. What about any sort of crafting? Yes. Craft, because craft is general now, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm actually going to roll that over. I'm going to keep this roll. I'm going to say this is a craft check for Plus you to eight, assess nine, on some of no, this. Eight. Um, 
So you were able to sort of, this clearly died from some sort of fast acting poison. And you even can determine um, that like what's, what's this foam that has come out of the mouth and nose and face that this poison is, you don't know how, you can tell me how you'd know this, but it's, it's dark reaver powder laced with a asinine root and other substances to enhance its potency. It's an intricate and customized recipe that you would know is not on the general market. This is reaver powder. I've seen it before. We once raided a ship, had tons of it in its stores. Deadly. Did we did we hear the conversation between Yes. The two dwarves. Uh, well the human the, the, the dwarf. Human yeah. dwarf. That dwarf did mention taking this to his grave. Mm. So it's interesting this happens directly after. So he obviously knows something. You said we need to go find this chap, so I think we should probably shove off and do that. And I kind of side eye this guy. This guy being just like side eye Alistair as I'm saying that we should probably shove off and go find him. Oh, okay. Besides, the bartender took my last silver piece and uh it's still on the bar. <laughs> I reach over and slide it back. He mentioned a a, a tilly muck or something. <laughs> Is that a cheese? <laughs> that sounds like a cheese. Yeah. And some good ice cream too. Mm-hmm. Oh god, now I'm hungry. Um what are you doing during this? Oh, this she's minute? like she's devastated. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this was the last person she could think of to help her and he's now dead Mm -hmm. um she's having fits of like fuck 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 what do i do oh okay uh ryan we touched on you retrieving your silver piece but you've got probably another 50 seconds i'm not going to count them out one by one but what else would holman be doing um in this moment so obviously you're in the bar there's the Mm -hmm. bar there's the office that they came out of before they had their little conversation that door is behind the bar um, and there's a body behind the bar on the floor. I'm going to grab my lantern. Sure. And like walk towards the office. And I'm going to like, I'm um, just like lay the back of my hand on Barnabas mm-hmm. just to like get his attention. And then I'm going to point to the office and walk into the office. Okay. Inside the office, you can see it's pretty much well kept. I'm going to say you can quickly pick out that the important thing here is there's a desk and there does appear to be some sort of safe installed into the wall. Looking at the safe, it does appear to be a combination safe, not a key safe. Mm. Hmm. Um, set my lantern down in front of the key safe, and I'm going to assess if this is something that I think that I could break into. Okay. Um, yeah, you could certainly try if you have th- if you're trained in thievery. I am. All right. So let's let's go ahead and give you a quick uh, little thievery check as you try to pop this safe open. What are you doing? <laughs> for those listeners Ryan just held a finger up like I fuck off <laughs> roll 12 total to- 12 total okay you don't break your tools so you don't crit fail but unable to get it mm. now it's been about a minute a um, couple of things I'm gonna say Trent do you think you'd have enough clarity to do anything other than freak out yeah I mean she's gonna go over and see what the fuck he's doing breaking into this safe over here Okay, we'll come back to you in a second. So in that case, it's been a minute. So now we're going to go over to uh, to you, Alistair, and it's, it's a motion forward, right? So what I'm going to say is the emotional resonance that you're picking up on is is it's angry, but it's not it's not like it's it's interesting. Someone's dead, but it isn't it isn't hate. It isn't violence. It's 
a touch of fear, a touch of confidence. And where you should be seeing a face, you see a little bit of that dwarf's face, but something's wrong about it. Mm. And you can't tell if it's because maybe it's the poison, if it is poison that's interfering with it. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's too recent. Maybe the emotion wasn't strong enough, but you see the dwarf's face, but something's wrong. And you do pick up a fear, a confidence, and a, a frustration. Any guilt? No. No guilt. Okay. No guilt. Um, no regrets. No regrets. But that could mean many things. Yes. At this moment, what do you do when you get that information, Alistair? Um, there's no barkeep, right? No, it was it, it's, it was the captain. All right, so I oh, uh, shit. one I just put the glass back down on the bar. Mm-hmm. I walk around to the other side. I pour myself another beer, <laughs> and I grab it and I walk into the office. All right, Barnab- uh, Barnabas, you're the only one not in the office at this point. You're still over the body. Uh, Anything else uh, you want to do? Loot that body. Yeah, is the body <laughs> properly looted? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, he's at home. He's not carrying all this stuff on. His cell phone and keys are still on his desk. Mm. It's I, like the uh, most popular the last, part of this game. I call the last call that he uh, he made with his cell phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a clamshell. Use his fingerprint to open it. <laughs> he has fifteen missed calls. So no. I guess when I see Letitia walk behind Holman and be like, "What are you doing?" Bartabus walks in there too. Sure. So you walk in there. You're in keeping the room. an eye on Letitia. As a little bit of background, who of you are at least trained in society? It's a good question. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm trained in society. Right. Okay, what are what are each of your bonuses? Plus eight. I have a plus five. Oh, trained you are as well? Yep. Eight, five, five. four. I am a rogue, so I am trained in just Literally about everything. everything yeah. yep. All right, so I think I want to put together a couple pieces of information for you then. Um... Yeah, that'll... Wow. Okay, so we'll come back to you. Uh, you haven't been in town long, but you're good at picking stuff up. You're a knowledgeable person. You've heard about Daggermark. Trent, you know a couple of things. You know that although Daggermark seems pretty and aren't uh, wild, the infamous Assassins and Poisoners Guild do wield considerable influence over the city from the shadows. And the guild's reputations prevent too much disorder as locals who threaten the status quo tend to wind up dead. You also know that, as I mentioned, any citizen can hire a guild apprentice once per year for a nominal fee, but members of the city's military cannot be targeted. This rule has led to a pretty high rate of enlistment. Hmm. Now, what you would know, Alistair, kind of going into this, is that the Poisoner's Guild is closely allied with the Assassin's Guild. And although the Poisoner's interests are far more academic in nature, their guild members often serve as contractors, uh, brokering assassinations as a means of testing their newest concoctions. And finally, this is very rarely known. This is a pretty unique piece of information. So where you got this from, how you know it, it's up for you to think about, but it's probably worth thinking about how did you learn this. You would know that openly discussing assassinations makes locals jumpy. And contractors, if you will, tend to use coded language to discuss targets, typically referring to assassins as specialists whenever they discuss jobs in the public. It's worth noting you didn't hear any of those terminologies, though, in the conversation between the dwarven military man and Captain Boss. They're just analysts. They're not. <laughs> they're not really <laughs> not shady. Specialists. They're just analysts. <laughs> all right. What are you all doing? You're in the office. There's a desk and there's this safe. 
Yeah, I think she, uh, Letitia would start rifling through the papers. The, the the desk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Assuming that there's papers on the desk, sure. I suppose. Um, Looking through his folios? Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of looking over the desk, there are some papers and there are some notes. And what you're finding here... Um, What's your perception bonus again, Trent? It is plus six. So looking through the desk and the papers, what you're able to find is maps and surveys from a sewer explana- uh, exploration. And you notice that many of them are signed off Timic, the same name that you heard Bosk mention. Um, you can I love this Tyrion Lannister reference of the small person that runs the, the sanitation underneath the city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a lot there. And of course, you have to imagine that in a place with a Poisoner's Guild, good, good, uh, dist- good, like, what is the word? I'm trying to think of, like, good removal of wastewater is an important yes. thing. Yes. You don't want cyanide leaching into no. the water system. I should also know there actually is a pretty good brewing and distilling scene in Daggermark, just because, like, the amount of, like, essentially, like, biochemistry used around it. Like, there's a lot of people, like, good at that shit, but don't go into poisoning. Like, the brewing and distilling scene in Daggermark is is quite good. Hence my love of the ale. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's free now. (laughs) Until it runs out. Until Until it runs runs out. out, So It's it's Timic? Yes. Is his name? Okay. Timic. A halfling named Timic. And you find... It's a halfling or a gnome. uh, Gnome. 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 My bad. It's a gnome. It's a gnome named Timic. And... What you kind of piece together in looking through these, I'm going to say this is about, I'll say you always all like a 10 minute exploration activity. So in 10 minutes, what you pull together, Trent, is that most of these excursions tend to begin at a place called the Dripping Wall Distillery. And that Timmick's field notes, and it is interesting, like these are, these are pretty well done and recorded. You don't know what was going on between these two, but there is a record, and they are done in the style of field notes, mentions several encounters with suspicious folks in the sewers. Um, there's also some uh, requests on the behalf of Timic to provide some extra for s- security for the, the distillery's proprietor, um, Ramila. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Ramila. Um, yeah, and that's what you find kind of looking through those papers. What are other folks doing with their 10 minutes of exploration? Can you help me get this open? Uh, I can not tr- my laptop. I was like, hey, yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, I can try. To do IT hey, as, as as a millennial, uh, I get asked that a lot. So, <laughs> um, uh, I can try. Um, she has a plus six to thievery. Oh, can I, she aid? I'll have to double check. I think the remaster brought the ADC down to fifteen. Awesome. Oh wow, because twenty was a bit a little high for first high. and second yeah. level. True. Uh, what I'll say though is you do you're gonna get a minus two in this check if you're gonna help while you're also still checking out the desk. You can get a minus two on your aid check, but you're looking to hit DC fifteen is what I'm calling it. Okay. So I have a plus six in thievery as so well. Do I, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, what do you got? Oh yeah. Uh that is so sixteen with the uh minus two. So you'll get a plus one on this check, Ryan. Okay, here it goes. Ooh. No, you have to wait for the tumblers to sort of hit this certain level. I didn't get it. Ah. <sighs> Not eight. Ten to. total. Anyone else going to take a crack at this safe in the 10 minutes? I'm in there. I'll try it. Mm-hmm. Do you also have... How many of you have thievery? All of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, awesome. do you want me to... Do you, oh, are you already wrong? Nope. Jason's right. just going for a cold well, part of this. I will... Nope. Uh, it's impossible. Hi. I believe that's broken. Did any of you see... I know I've shown it to a couple of you. The SNL sketch from the other weekend with, like, Nate Pergazzi about George Washington. We just and, like, talked about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Hilarious. Um, How do you spell it? Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, no Alistair. one knows how much is in a liter. <laughs> I think it's 4.4 liters per gallon, right? Is that right? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think that's right. We'll George Washington that said it didn't matter. It didn't. No, no. one knows. No one yeah, knows. It doesn't matter. Um, All right, what do you got? Alistair will take a sip of his beer. He'll hand it to you. And say, to hold, this, hold this, please. Bartibus puts it on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll try my luck at the safe. Oh. That's all of us, right? Yeah, it'll be the last of us. I'll just roll like a craps table. Oh, oh shit. Hey, not bad. That is a 20. That's so a 14, right? Dirty 20. <laughs> and you are able to open up yeah, the strange oh, safe. The strange mind it works. stages us. <laughs> the safe could use a little oil, opens up. And you can see a number of files with names labeled across the top. Hmm. What's in those files? You're going to have to tune in next episode uh, to find no. out. Yeah, it's that time. I like it. Garbage. I like being the cliffhanger. The Live to Die podcast is a production of Live to Die Gaming. Follow us on social media at Live to Die Pod. Leave a review and tune in next week for more. If you like the amazing background audio and music, all that credit goes to Sirenscape. Make sure you check them out at sirenscape.com.